Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behave! This is a special announcement. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Saturday morning, John. It's Saturday morning in the hand. What it looks like, yeah. It's what it looks like. We're both feeling, I'd say, 100% right now. Feeling good. Looking and feeling 100%. Uh, Warriors had a crazy game. We were going to put out a mailbag on Sunday and talk a little Warriors in it. But then that game was so good Friday night. We're like, blue-collar pod. Uh, we got to live up to our name. We have a responsibility. And um, so we here we are, Saturday morning, recording this thing. YouTube, like, subscribe, podcast. Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Ask us a question. That's how you get in the hand mailbag, which is coming up later in the podcast. Guy, if Steph can score 43 on the road in Boston in a must-win game, if Draymond can go right to his hotel room and put together a podcast. Draymond you did and, beat us to the pod. <laughs> you and I can podcast on Saturday morning. You know, it's closer to lunch now than I, I mean, you know, 10, 10 o'clock. 10 a.m., you know. Saturday, you know. Yeah. Breakfast burrito in an hour. You know, you know pod, Podman and, and ham. Just grinding away. Uh... <laughs> John, I love that nickname, Podman. Podman? Podman, Podman Green. Was that Andy Lou? Is that? Are oh, you texting me? <laughs> yeah, that? that's just that's, that's a just a, that's a good one. Because he's Podman. not. It's not like even making fun of him. Like he's dead serious. He's he's a Potter. Like he's uh, yeah, a podcast. Yeah, I think the nickname probably doesn't get made if he's averaging like you know twelve points and fifteen rebounds. But did have another maybe. two points last night. But I eight nine eight assists nine rebounds. His, his line sneaky better than I thought when I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, better than I expected, I guess I should say when I looked at it. John, before we dive in, let's tell the people about our friends at buckmason.com. Listen carefully, slash ham one. Buckmason.com slash ham and the number one. That's H A M and the number one gets you 15% off any order of $100 or more when you go to buckmason.com slash ham the number one. Yep. Buck Mason's clothes guy are second to none. I'm wearing. A, uh, a V-neck right now. They're so it's comfortable. I, I got right out of bed, threw it on. Feels good. They're timeless. They never go out of style. You can wear them out on a date. You can wear them to lounge around the house. Uh, you can wear them to basically do whatever you want because they are really, really comfortable. Uh, I, I, You and I own, I don't even know how many pieces of Buck Mason clothing combined, but a lot. Quite a bit. The, the curved Hem T is fantastic. GQ loves it as much as I do. Calling it the best T-shirt in the game, guy. Best T-shirt in the game, kind of like Curry. But Buck Mason hoodies nonstop for me as well. Uh, and, of course, Father Day's, Father's Day is coming up. So if you're looking for something, this is the perfect place to go. Your dad's going to love it. Uh, Buck Mason clothes are, uh, I don't know if I'd call it quite the official clothier of Hampod, but like you said, it's a pretty hefty percentage of my uh, – of my closet, of my drawers, they got yeah. all the essentials, right? They got jeans, they got shirts, t-shirts, jackets, go-tos. I've got a few of them. My recommendation, and uh, this is from not just my wearing and your wearing, but the wearing of uh, all the people that have already that listen to this podcast, that already bought Buck Mason, have given us feedback. If you want just a little more of a, uh, I'd say I wouldn't even call it a loose fit, maybe a little more relaxed. 
just size up. It's not going to be too long on you. If you like a trimmer fit, then go with your tr- just your your you know your true size. But size up if you want it a little bit more relaxed. Um, and I you know I'd say this a hundred bucks get something for you and get something for dad. Uh, you can even get something for mom if you want. If you want to mix that in there, they got stuff for ladies as well. Uh, we've been big fans. I've gone into the stores, great service there. And, uh, you know, we just keep buying their merch because it's great stuff. So highly recommend it. 15% off great gifts for dad, great gifts for yourself, limited time, hundred bucks or more at buckmason.com slash ham one. Yep. So whoever you're celebrating this father's day, give them some timeless to hold on to for life. Give them buck Mason for a limited time. You get 15% off on great gifts for dad or yourself. When you spend at least a hundred dollars at buckmason.com slash Sam one ham one, that's Buck Mason, B-U-C-K-M-A-S-O-N dot com slash ham one for 15% off. Great gifts for dads when you spend at least a hundred dollars. Buckmason.com slash ham one. All right, John, let's talk about the Warrior game. Whew. I mean, where do we start? Uh I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Yeah. Is that there are athletes and people in this world that are just transcend the sport and he's definitely one of them and last night was just one of those nights for Steph Curry right without question I mean it's just to me it's just that simple like he had one of his nights where I mean we're 36 37 years old you know I mean there is a small small handful of people that have just you just never forget. And, and they were different than even the other great players in their sport. Like sometimes if you're watching like memorials last week and they showed all Tigers highlights of all the year and you, when he was really young and he'd like chip in flop shots and you just realize this guy had moments in his career that like when people were watching was like, what did I just witness? Obviously like Brett Favre had some of those, you know, Brady, he obviously has, but it never, he's just a tall, slow white guy, right? Not, I'm not trying to diminish Tom Brady, but it's yeah. not. I think Mahomes. His has game. Done that. I think his games have been more a moment, right? The winning moments than it is like today. He had 375 passing yards. Yeah, one. It's just like this guy's the ultimate winner. Like Ron, look at I, that throw in crunch time. You know, I think Steph falls under like the Michael category of like he's one of the all-time great winners, and he's really one of the all-time great showmans. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, you, you, he's one of those guys that when you developed the business model of like, you buy a ticket to come watch this guy play, right? It's like the box office. You buy a ticket to go watch Top Gun or, you know, historically movies used to be a really, really big deal. They're not as much anymore, but people would be disappointed. Like that movie sucked. You gave $10, you spent two hours to watch a movie. You were spending your money or now I think even more than money. Our time is the most important asset that we have in life. We sit there and we watch Steph Curry in these big games, and more often than not, he delivers. He over-delivers. I mean, that was – yeah, I was telling you before we press record, I, I'm in Arizona. I went to a bar for the first half, and then we went to another one for the second half. And obviously, you know, the Warriors now are a massive, I would say, like Cowboys, Yankees. I'm not putting them on that level, but they they have transcended regions. And you, by the time I went to the second bar, people weren't wearing the jerseys. Like just people just dialed into the game, probably 200 people at this bar and people just screaming like, get him, Steph, get him, Clay. And a couple guys like had European accents. I I don't think 
necessarily they're quote unquote warrior fans. They just you just gravitate toward, and I'd put Clay in that category too, just because he's like his road dog. You just those guys are part of the vernacular of sports history now. You know, I mean they and they, they've been for a while, but like last night was like that was a legit moment in the era. I mean the game, the whole game, especially the second yeah. half. Was, I think it's uh, I think it's. So for me, it's my second favorite Warrior game of all time. Performance. Number one is Clay's 41 games, game, the original game six Clay game in Oklahoma City, because they were about to lose the series if he didn't do that. Like they pulled victory from the teeth of defeat. Now, you could also argue that the Warriors, if they lost last night, Friday night, were about to lose the series too. And I think that's probably true. How are they going to go back after that comeback and not win and then go back and win it in game six? That was going to be very tough. When KG's team won it in 08, they won it game six at home in Boston to against yeah. the Lakers. Like it's just, it would have been well, very, very difficult. See, and that's the other thing, John, is like Lakers Celtics of the 80s isn't the same if it's Lakers Pacers, with all due respect to the Pacers. And this is why I said before the series started, the potential for moments is so much higher in Boston than in Miami. If Miami had somehow beaten Boston in game seven and this were Warriors heat. First of all, it probably wouldn't be this difficult for the Warriors. But secondly, what Steph did on Friday night, because it was in Boston, I think it goes to another level than if it's in just like, you know, Jeremy Lin at Madison Square Garden is different than Jeremy Lin at TD Bankers Life Arena or whatever. Again, no disrespect in Indiana. They actually have a great arena. But didn't um, Reggie Jackson hit three home runs in a in a World Series game for the Yankees? Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. It, that's another good one. It's just these moments, it still would have felt maybe pretty spectacular. It would have felt very spectacular if it was Miami last night. But it feels different when you knew, like he had 35 points with about four or five minutes left. And you're just watching the game. I just watched the game doing the math. And you're like, he's going to need 40 to 45 points for them to win this game. Like, that's what it's going to take, right? And that's what he did. I mean, it's just. Well, didn't you feel that? Like, I, did he have like 18 at halftime? And you're like, he's going to need more than double that to carry these guys. Like, it was pretty clear. Like, you were going to have yeah. to ride him. I, I think part of what made it special, see, to me, that game six, I would say, is their most famous game, Clay's game. That just that moment, and it really that was early in the run. I think anytime you have a huge moment early in your run, that's just all because it, it grows in legend over time. Yeah, yeah, and it's less expected when you're you haven't done it yet. Yeah, and they were exactly, and they were playing a very very worthy foe. And I guess they've done it once already, but but it felt like was this the best team they were playing at the time? OKC was it better than any of those it, other teams? Because like, LeBron, yeah. and it, it might have been. I mean, Kevin was incredible russ was you know he was a different version of what he is now i i'm a sucker for the uh when they ended chris paul and james harden's careers that's a good one (laughs) and he had zero points at halftime and he ended the game with 33 points kevin kevin got hurt in that game you reminded me this morning did he get hurt in that i don't even know if he played in the game he got hurt in the previous game and so it was was over it's over their errors are done that's a good one and then it felt like that in the first half it was like oh my god the air's gonna end and it was like no it's not because Steph Curry is going to execute your guys' careers. Now, in fairness, I'm talking some shit about Chris Paul. He did get to go to the Suns and take them to the finals. But James Harden, let's face it, has never quite been the same after that moment. Yeah, that's a pretty good one because of how those they'd been. When he was at Oklahoma City, he was a nemesis. Then he goes to Houston. It seems like he's the guy that's going to stop the Warriors. He's going to win a championship. 
and it was just very emotionally sweet to rob it. Just the, the way that Portnoy would feel if the Celtics could beat uh, the Warriors is probably how we all felt watching Houston jerk. Did you, see, did you see his rant? He's like, he will not give Draymond any credit, but he will give Steph Curry as one of the greatest players he's ever seen. Uh, you just, yeah. I, and I think the, the added juice of like, let's face it. Like Draymond has added a lot of juice to this thing, right? I mean, just by podcasting and I'm not talking about the media. As about I'm talking with the fans and like him in Boston and just, it's just everyone's talking about it. <laughs> It's a, it's a thing. And then the, the crazy part is, though, is no one – has anyone – did you feel the last couple of days anyone talked about Steph Curry? Not that, no. like, he wasn't great, but it's just like he kind of got to fly under the radar. It's like, oh, yeah, this is – is he – I mean, I'm not trying to go, like, Stephen A or Skip or Legacy, but, like, I mean, I, I don't see how when it's all said and done, he's not considered, like, a top 10 player of all time. Did you see the clip of Clay Thompson after the game? No. It was like when a player goes on first take and just gives what feels like a crazy take. Not a crazy take. What feels like a bold or just a big unique. Was it at the, the podium? No, no, no. He's just the, – the camera's on him. He's just like sauntering from the court, very low-key to the locker room. He's just like, sheesh, man. That's why Steph's just – you know, he's – you got to say he's one of the – one of the best point guards ever, you know? It's just <laughs> like one of these things that like Clay Thompson after the game saying something should carry a bunch of weight, but a million things more extreme than that have been debated about Steph, so it doesn't feel – but he was just saying – what he was saying was, I just witnessed one of the greatest things. Like, I think that's what he was saying. But he's so low-key, he's not going to de- deliver it in the way that you need to deliver it for it to, like, get attention on social media, right? And he's just like, sheesh, he's one of the best point guards ever. It's like – yeah, or one of the greatest ten players of all time, or something like that. If they, but he's not. Champion, and here's the thing: like you watched last night, and, and the sport has changed. Like, what is a true? You know, Chris Paul is the last of a dying breed. Like, ultimately, he's really closer to being like a, a shooting guard, right? I mean, what he's doing? Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. He's like, I mean, he had four. What he ever had four assists or something? That was not. Now he is a point. He's different in the sense that he does he manipulates the defense without the ball. Yeah. So it's kind of port point guardy in a very unique way. Like I heard Kawakami. I woke up this morning. First thing you just want Warriors content. I went straight to all, I went straight to plus minus, even though they call this one all 82. And, uh, <laughs> and they were talking about like his greatest games and Marcus and Tim were like, well, one thing is we've been here. Tim said this, I think Kawakami, we've been here from the beginning. It's hard to put into words what it was like to watch Steph before everybody knew what he was. And he was just putting out these performances. Doesn't it's not that long ago on a calendar like 2014, right? But nobody played the game like he did. And to watch it happening where he just kept making these shots, to call it his greatest game, like Tim's point was it's his greatest postseason game. I've seen some pretty amazing performances that were pretty mind blowing at the time. That's hard to explain now that we've watched his whole career play out. I, I would, I understand what he's saying. Here would be my pushback. I think once you get to a level like Kobe, LeBron, Steph, Tom Brady, whatever, when everyone's gunning for you, when it's like this guy's the best player on the court, the entire game plan this is the NBA Finals. They talk like in the meeting, the opponents talking about like we're playing one of the greatest players of all time. If we slow him down, we win and we're NBA champs. Like, they are throwing the house at you, right? And when you're able to do that, when they're throwing the house at you, everyone knows, not that he was flying under the radar as Tim was talking, 
But there was like a period where I think people just underestimate. Like there was no underestimating him last night in Boston. But then he starts getting going and you realize like, coach, we're doing everything we can. We're fucking throwing people at him. We're jumping at him. There was, I, I thought that was his most in, in a spot. And again, it's his most points. I guess it's second most points in a in a finals game, but they lost the previous one to the Raptors, and obviously they lost that series. But in this moment of like where Clay's game six and Steph's 33 points in the second half against the like they had to win. Like there, there is no yeah. well, it's only game two. It's like, no, we lose, we are fucked. <laughs> like yeah. now the game six, Clay, the series would have ended. This 3-1, let's face it, would have felt like the series ended. It would have felt it, like it ended not just because they would have lost, but because of the way the game felt. Like, how are they going to beat this team? My favorite thing as a consumer of sports, especially if I'm a fan of these guys, but if I'm just, even if I'm not a fan and I'm just watching you, like if I'm watching Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or, you know, a pitcher, you know, in a playoff game, I, I love the Super Regionals. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the Super Regionals in college baseball. This the best of three series. You just feel the 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 intensity starts today. You pretty, you be locked in on the couch today? Well, no. I mean, I had it, I was watching Tennessee Notre Dame last night. Oh, that's night. right. Yeah, they, sorry, Pac-12 teams for today. <laughs> so, but you, Tennessee you, win? Uh, no, I think they lost. Uh, but my point is now college. It can be a lot of run so it get, the scores can get a little outrageous but in a, in a good game it, it, you just feel the pressure and when an individual guy in a sport wills his team to win like just get on my back we're not losing this game it is the coolest thing that can possibly happen as a consumer and I had a I'm really mad at myself because I I was like how often have you got Steph Curry and I, I mean I Clay Thompson is not quite Clay Thompson right now, but I, I I put their championship mindset and medal. They were they were plus one forty on the money line. I'm like, listen, this on the road. I don't really feel that great, but I'm like, this value, like just as a as a as a a value gambler, that's pretty incredible. And I pushed out. I only put five hundred dollars, which is still a lot of money for me to gamble on one individual game. And I'll be honest, th- there was a shot of Lakeup when they were down. Probably in like the third quarter, I was like, me and Lakeup right now are the angriest fucking guys here. We're like, we're going to lose this game. And then he just, he refused to let me lose, guy. I felt like he refused. He that was refuse. the coolest. That was one of my favorite bets ever. But it wasn't even about, it, the bet actually didn't matter because it was so much fun watching that fucking guy. He's getting fouled. He's screaming at the crowd. Like, it was an all-time, like, he was into it. Have you seen him that dialed in a while? Like just that like I mean the, when he hit the 3 that put them up 6. Was it 6? I think it was 6 where he started like flexing. It was right in Derek White's face. Derek White was on him. He starts flexing. They cut to Dell. That was a good. Was it a girlfriend? <laughs> Somebody on the internet said that Dell's girlfriend's ex-husband is Michael uh, Jordan is uh what's Steph's mom's name? Uh oh oh I know exactly it's a Virginia Tech football player or something that 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 their divorced couple now because if you look at the um uh what's what's his mom's name because Dale went to Virginia Tech right yes uh, Sonia there's recruit. a Virginia Sonya. Tech there's yeah, a so Virginia Sonya, Tech connection if you see the clip of Sonia hugging staff after the game there's a big white guy behind her that I just assume was her bodyguard but then so, somebody on the internet said that that guy is the ex husband of Dell's girlfriend. So you're telling me that Steph's parents, who are divorced, are now dating. I'm telling you, Twitter dating, says. Pe- are dating two people, According a guy to Twitter, and a girl, and those two people used to be married. 
I think I read that on the internet a while back. Too. So that's just what Twitter says. So and I think that us. guy was a Virginia Tech like quarterback or offensive lineman or something. When they were all at school at the same time, makes sense. <laughs> that that seems logical to me. That, yeah, that I don't happen. know if Dale's just like hitting the bars to meet a new girlfriend. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you could. I don't know. <laughs> he looked uh, pretty happy, didn't he, with his yeah, girlfriend? Yeah. And so does she look very happy. I'm glad everybody's happy. Hopefully, everybody's happy. But that Steph three, you know, I thought the underrated. I went back and watched some of the game this morning. What? <laughs> Do they talk? I don't, like, I don't that know. Be, if, if that is true, is there a moment where just like after the game, you know, what are you guys people doing that have never been there, there's like hallways sometimes, and like family and friends and players, like, is there just a moment where it's like, like especially they had kids together or something? Yeah, like, definitely, right? Are, are you are you picking up James? Uh, he's coming home from college next week. <laughs> you you know the uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, the movie forgetting Sarah Marshall, where Jason Siegel is he's got his new girlfriend, uh, Ashton Kutcher's wife, Mila Kunis, and they're yeah. going to dinner. And he runs into his ex girlfriend and Russell Brand, and like, oh hey, oh hey. It's like, uh, you want to eat with us? And he's like, sure, why not? And he's like, oh my god, I didn't think they were gonna say yes. And then they end up having the meal together. Yeah, great scene. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Hopefully, it's uh, cordial. But uh, that moment, I thought I was gonna say is watching it back. I showed you Clay hit a massive three last night to give him the lead with like four and a half minutes left. That was just the question you keep asking. Why does How it keep does this guy so keep much? Shooting? <laughs> I love why. him. That's we why. all love him. But there cannot be a moment if you enjoy watching the Warriors where you don't scream, Clay, pass the ball, man. Pass. Pass. That's why. <laughs> that and that, but see that thing, that was like an open rhythm. Defense went with Steph. Steph found him open straight away. He takes some shots that are just bananas, but that was a great shot. It was a great shot yeah. that he took. And he and he nailed it. But God, he shoots a lot. <laughs> he uh, Clay was uh, four of ten from three, seven of seventeen. Here's a box score number that shocked me when I looked. Warriors were plus thirteen on the boards. They out rebounded the Celtics fifty one to thirty, uh, fifty five to forty two. Looking well, at how many did numbers. you tell me uh, Wiggins had? And they had more. They had sixteen offensive rebounds to the Celtics eleven. Wiggins, Which, Wiggins, Wiggins was a beast. Wiggins had 17 points and a career-high 16 rebounds. He was incredible. Early on in the game. Like, they can't win the championship without Andrew Wiggins. That much is very clear. The one dude, uh, Robert Williams, Time Lord, that guy, I, he's, I, I, I was listening, uh, got up, I had like a Windhorse and Zach Lowe did like a little reaction pod. Windhorse said that Time Lord went out. I, I mean, I'm at the bar. I wasn't uh, doing the Celtics rotations. What is Time Lord? I don't know. I think it's his, it's his nickname. That's what they call him. I don't. I don't know he, what it means. He but wastes like no his, time. He just yeah. Dumb. I mean, in the first half, they had no answers for that guy. He's fucking no. enormous. But I think he got. You know, he's he tore his MCL and he came yeah. back and he hasn't been the same. I I Windhorse acted like it was. He came out, didn't come back in, and it was like I don't know if they're feeling great about his situation. If that guy's was, fully healthy, the Warriors have no answers for him. And then big picture, I often think like. Could Wiseman just be like 50% of something like that, just big and doing shit? And I go, probably doesn't feel like it. That clip of Wiseman today that showed him spin move, showed him warming up at practice, spin move, like crossover between the legs, step into a three. I saw that highlight and I thought, there is less than a 1% chance that that thing that he just did in that practice, that he ever does that in an NBA game ever. What was the move? It was like a, it was like 40 feet away from the basket, like a spin, bring it back, crossover, pull up three. It was just like, <laughs> why are we practicing that? 
can you just get around the paint, bro, and just start jumping up and put your hands up? Like, that's what they need you to do. Really what they <laughs> it, it, just run, rebound, tap in. <laughs> yeah. Because that's why that rebound number shocked me is because I've been we've been texting. Like, I just feel like the Warriors play below the rim. Well, they, they get they, a lot of tap-ins. I, I was but, texting with someone, an NBA guy, and I said, listen, big picture. They do got some reinforcements, Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. Like, they do have three guys that were all drafted in the top 15 that two of them are big-time get prospects and tall and j- can jump, right? I yeah, just, Kaminga just actually would help at some things. He just – there are other things that – why they don't put him on the floor right now, right? But but isn't that just, like, big picture, like, moving forward, yeah. if they just kind of in, in lengthen these guys' careers a little bit with these these guys flying Early. around? Bielitsa, just another shutdown Chir- defender. Chorizo uh, and Eggs. What's that guy's name? Uh, Chioza. <laughs> Can we get that guy, like, just yeah. a button-up shirt, something? <laughs> David Stern <laughs> will not approve of the stuff he wears on the sideline. <laughs> Uh, Chorizo and eggs, man. Why, why are you sitting so close to Steve Kerr? Like, sit in the second row. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't – inactive guys should not be able to sit third guy. On the, same with, like, the guy on the Mavs that was always hanging around. Uh, like, Joe Lacob paid $15,000 for that seat, you know, three seats down. You could well, maybe Cuban was spending twenty five grand a game for that That's guy. That's right. <laughs> uh, Gary Payton, I thought, gave him really good minutes. Yeah. His 10 minutes. Bielitsa, again, I, when he comes in to rebound, obviously it's not about him. And Draymond, I've gotten Podman several DMs, John. When I said the other day on the show after game two, you know, you can't win without Draymond. His career might have a finals MVP in it. I've gotten a lot of people that have pointed. And you said, oh, it's a pretty bold take. I've gotten several DMs over the last uh, two games that have pointed, especially last night after game four that have pointed out that that was uh, a take that did not age well. And uh, I'm here, even though we don't like to sell when we're down, John, um, I'm I'm here probably to sell that take. Although I was, when I went to the box score after the game, I was like, you know what? Nine rebounds, eight assists, four steals for Draymond, five offensive rebounds, like two points. I get it. One of seven shooting, not great. Yeah, I mean, it, I think we have to acknowledge we ain't getting 14 points out of that guy. I think they were just root for a seven, you know. Just hit one open three, changes the game, right? If he can Yeah, I, I, I would those. say probably just keep passing those. I know he shot one and it wasn't remotely close. Well, I, I'm not – I don't – at this point in time, it's not like, keep him honest. No, just keep moving the ball. Let's, let's, uh, do you think – Win, lose, win or lose the series because it's not. They have not won the series yet, and I'm still like I wouldn't. If you told me I had to bet, like I wouldn't feel great betting on them to win it all. You know, yeah. I mean, it took yeah. that was very very difficult for them to win that game. Now it was on the road. They win game five. I I see this thing going seven. They win game five. Celtics win game six. And then comes seven, which would be unreal. Do you think he locked up the MVP? Because no one like yes. it's not like Tatum's a- averaging thirty five points. Win, I, I do think they. No, I mean if they lose, text. if they lose. Um, who would get it on the Celtics? I don't know. I mean, somebody. I feel like it's so hard. I don't. You, did we talk about how Bond temps? Did you see on the the Celtics Heat? You know how they do the Larry Bird Magic Johnson Award now? Yeah, he was the only guy that he voted Jimmy Butler as a series MVP, and yeah. a lot of people got gave him a lot of shit. And he even said like, I thought more people would do it, but it turned out he was the only guy that did. I do think there would be a lot of people that would vote. Let's say this went seven and they lost, but Steph just had a couple more like 38-point games. I mean, even when the Celtics are winning, they got guys that scored like in the 20s. I think a lot of people would vote for him because he has been by a mile the best player in the series. 
He's dominated. Would this you want to win a Finals MVP if your team lost? I'm not saying you want to. I'm just no, saying no. I know you're not. I'm just that thought just crossed my mind. Would you? I do think like I, my point is I do trophy? think a lot of people would vote for him. Yeah. Uh, so it's happened once, and it was Jerry West. That's the scene in the show where. And then he threw it. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I here's the thing. I think if Steph keeps playing like this, they win. Like if he keeps playing like an MVP, they win. I. I would not – I think you'd have to – the winning team would have to have some really weird performances, just me personally, to not vote for somebody on the winning team in an NBA Finals. Like, remember, there was kind of that discussion when the Warriors beat the Cavs the first time of how – like, could LeBron – should LeBron have won the MVP Over in a loss? Irony is the guy that guarded him won it, and I, I was good with – like, I think he deserved it. But didn't LeBron average – what do you – like 38 in that series or something ridiculous? It was pretty unreal, yeah. So I I personally would not, but I don't think you – like, I do think if they were to lose in seven and Steph kept playing like this, I just – if he keeps playing like this, I think they win. You're right, though. I mean, it felt in the first quarter like Jason Tatum was going to have 38 points, and he finished with 23. Yeah. I don't he know has, what his he, he, he point breakdown he, was for him. He is not like dominated the series. Didn't you Even think like that. he hits a couple threes early? Brown hits one. You're like, oh shit. I thought they were gonna lose. I'm they never it felt like they didn't miss threes all like they actually finally missed threes late. I know. They were missing a lot. Late. And honestly, when they started shooting, you felt like, oh, this is gonna clink, this is gonna clink, this is gonna clink. Derek White opened three, it's just like that's going in. And then a couple of them didn't. But that was that was awesome. Pritchard clanked one, which was, Pritchard missed one bad, which was unusual. But you like, um, you like old Stanley Pritchard, which is Peyton Pritchard. I like Peyton Pritchard. I remember doing a game with. I've texted with them the other day about it because I did a game with Gottlieb, Pritchard's last year at Oregon, senior day, and I was like, "Is this guy a pro?" He's like, "Yes, he's tough as shit. He can handle the ball. He hits open shots. Like he is absolutely a pro." Because at the time it wasn't obvious, and I've been a, kind of blown away that he's. He's That's not just true. a pro. He's a rotation guy in an NBA Finals team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's a backup. White's, he's a backup point guard, right? Yeah, Derek White's another one that's blown me away. But um, you what know, I both, mean, would you say both guys are pretty tough? Yeah, and Derek White's long defense hits open shots. Um, Did those guys dominate in the Pac-12? Those two? Yeah, I mean, he only played Derek White one year in the league. He was third in the league in scoring, I think. Behind, like, Markel Fultz led the league in scoring. And and Peyton Pritchard was one of the best players on one of the best teams. I mean, Peyton Pritchard started on a Final Four team as a true freshman. So, Was that, like, Jordan Bell's team and all those guys? That was the, yeah, like, Dylan Brooks, Jordan Bell, Tyler Dorsey. I mean, mean, their whole starting lineup was pros. It was a really good team, (laughs) yeah. So, God, I just, games that, I said this before the series, man, I don't think there's anything like, the Garden, even though it's not the same Garden, Boston Garden, not Madison Square. It feels like the same, though, doesn't it? And I, know, I, did, I didn't arcade floor. It. Yeah, I know. Yes. I, I, I didn't go. I've never been, but there. I I think it's the greatest environment. Now I know there's people would argue, well, they're mean, but I in terms of just watching the game on TV, that is that's just her. Everyone else enjoys Clay it. Clay kind of said something too, but yeah, I in terms of watching it on TV, it's just I think it's as good as it gets, and winning there. Is just one of the greatest Warrior games ever. You Steph, see, think that, Steph has been the most valuable person the NBA has for several years now, too, yeah. because of what you were saying earlier, how beloved he is. He's just the easiest guy to consume. 
It's he's fun. good looking. His awesome. mom was around. Like, like yeah. all the things that get other, they get every, just like his shots of his mom in the crowd, like his dad in the crowd, his dad playing in the league, shots of his wife, his little girls. The whole thing is just, well, I got a text Taylor from someone made that's for not, just every, every hardcore fan to love him, every casual fan to like him. It's just, I got a text from someone that's not like deep into the NBA, but was watching the game. It was like, Steph's parents aren't together anymore. Like, but that was the question. Not like, God, Steph's going because nuts. They were like, just such a big sort part yeah, of the Yeah, and they're showing yeah. them. Obviously, Dale's like, wait, that's not his wife. And you just like, what's going on? You're right. It's like a, it's like a reality television family. They are. <laughs> but without, yeah, they're like a royal family. <laughs> but he specifically is just one of a kind. That was awesome. He's just one of, it was awesome. You, were you screaming at the TV? Because I sure was. Screaming. I mean, I, I am getting up. I'm hitting the, this uh, seat I'm sitting in, going nuts. This guy sitting next to me is rooting for the Celtics. I'm like, you're a Celtics fan? He's like, no, I just put a couple hundred dollars on him plus 150 to win the series. I'm like, so you don't even need this game. Let me have this game. <laughs> but he might have needed that game. I, I do want. I did see a couple people just in a bar situation that clearly had money on the game. And maybe that's yeah. always been the case, but yeah. now, I mean, it's legal here in Arizona. I, I do wonder if you just kind of, if you just did a study, like this fall went on Saturdays and Sundays, like a couple times a month to just different bars. I think the gambling would add some juice in establishments where people are drinking and eating and watching games. Well, remember we went to stadium pub for the Friday of the NCAA tournament. How do you want to gambling on it? The specifically the was it uh, USC yeah, Florida it was, Miami Miami yeah everybody we found we because we had bet on it and we realized like with four minutes left in the game everybody in the bar had bet on that game I know. except for one guy in an ace hat that was like hey, I don't know what he was yelling about but um that was a Haberman pick he's like you didn't deserve you didn't deserve that call like bro shut up let everybody just have a good time yelling at the TV okay I just know. let us enjoy ourselves Jesus. um yeah dude come on I think championships as painful as they are the journey for fans sometimes when you don't dominate those are the best kinds of championships to win the ones that wasn't obvious to everybody from the beginning um i don't know if they're the hardest because like i agree with what you said earlier when you have the target on your back when you can't really play the no one believes in us card when you've already won before and you're not sneaking up on everybody that's pretty challenging. I think that's all uh, to me. That's more impressive than like when no one believed in you, but it's not necessarily more entertaining. And the Warriors right now are this perfect mix of the targets on their back, but they also were not the favorite when the season started. And they can play that not everyone believed in this card, not that they play it necessarily, but it's just not an expected championship. I think the San Francisco Giants, all of their championships that we witnessed in a five year span, all three of them fell into this category. I'd say the difference, though, is I'm with you. People were not picking them to win the NBA championship. But once, like, halfway through the season, it's clear yeah, they're good. People go, no. they could easily win it. 100%. Right? I, I just think in big picture or in small picture like that game last night, the most pain the, – the, there's a reason that Dwayne Kuyper's word torture with those Giants teams for anyone that followed those teams really resonated because – they say what's the the line is like comedy is tragedy plus time. And when you say torture, like what torture actually means is something miserable, but the torture of those giants teams was actually not miserable at all. It was actually amazing because the payoff was so fantastic. Yeah. And um, I think this team, like that game was kind of the same way. Like it was torture, but in the end, that's what made 
that performance so amazing. If you're up by 10, then Steph doesn't have Steph's 43. It's not the same. No. If they would have won that game by 25 points, right? Yeah, it's not. The, it's just, God, you're right. I just, I woke up this morning. I was just, I can't believe we've done this enough now that you have like historical context. And I just woke up going, I'm, I know for a fact, I just watched one of the most memorable games I will ever watch in my life. Well, why, why is the Michael Jordan shot over Elo and Cleveland such a big deal? Cause they're losing, right? He needs to hit that shot to win the game. Like that's why his, he, if he had hit that shot up 15 points in the fourth, like he wouldn't have jumped up and down. <laughs> like when you think about the fist pumps and the high fives, the walk off touchdowns, the fucking, whatever tiger when he chips it into the masters right it's like you can lose that's that to me is and and sometimes the warriors in their run and this is where the pushback that you and i always had with kevin durant it's like i i want things to be closer because i want to be entertained yeah and this is this team is so much fun because it's like god does clay suck draymond can't score how are they gonna win what the fuck they gotta ride come on looney we as a, we as a society don't watch like uh, Daredevils really anymore. I mean, and maybe in some ways, but it used to be before oh, when we, we I, when we were like in high school and like well, someone would jump over the Grand Canyon. <laughs> well, yeah, or even when we were before we were born, they'd be like this ABC. Somebody's just gonna walk on a pole between two buildings. That'd be like primetime TV, <laughs> you know. Really Let's watch go that. down to Al Michaels and Musburger. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like exactly like uh, 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 what's his name? Um, who anchored Evil a lot Knievel. of that stuff? You, well, yeah, Evil Knievel. But who anchored a lot of that stuff? I think there was McKay, and then there was uh, he finished his career. Dick Enberg, you know, it'd be like yeah. all these like legends, and they'd be anchoring this like ridiculous. And but this, my point Let's is, go down to Enberg with Evil Knievel's cousin. <laughs> you know, my point is just when you can fall, it's when you can name, lose. Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel's an amazing, maybe the greatest name ever, really concocted. When you think about <laughs> That's it, that's pretty good. If he had a podcast, what would he called it? Uh, he would have done some numbers, though. Evil, he would have like, like got no, right no, off the Grand no, Canyon and gone straight yeah, to the hotel. The lead up of Evil Knievel, who is who is uh, going to go off the Golden Gate Bridge and try to land on a boat underneath. <laughs> oh man, humans right. are, we're pretty basic creatures, right? You, you do that. People watched. You watch other people on the edge try to come up with find something deep within them, and that's what Steph did. Uh, all right, we recorded earlier a mailbag that, again, was supposed to come out Sunday, but we've accelerated the timeline, as they say in the business. And uh, once Draymond went to the pod studio, we podmaned, as you yeah. said. If Podman's going to pod, ham, ham, we got to pod, too. Ham, ham Podmond had to step up. So uh, well, let's now get to uh, the mailbag, which a lot of which a lot of good stuff. Actually, it's a very, if I may say so myself, I think it's got some one of the greatest mailbag questions I think we've ever gotten is in this mailbag. So Meaty. let's get to it. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Shopify. That sound you hear is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Mm. Tougher word than you think to say. And not to break any news here, but, you know, hey, we're in a middle cough. You know, we've we, we've dabbled in our uh, in the merchandise entrepreneurial space, and we might be diving back in and working directly with Shopify. 
They empower millions of businesses like ours very soon. They reach customers online, across social networks, and the ever-growing suite channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, synchronize your online and in-person sales. Obviously, so many of us uh, you know, start businesses now or just in the recent, you know, in the last couple of years, everything is so based on the internet. Uh, that's where all your sales are. And that's where Shopify comes in. They're more than a store. They grow with you. Uh, can't recommend them enough. Go to shopify.com slash ham. That's all lowercase H-A-M, all lowercase shopify.com slash ham for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash ham, all lowercase, right now. That's shopify.com slash ham. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, John, on to the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. Very easy to get in. You go to Apple Podcasts. You leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate it. And um, leave us a question. Any question at all. And uh, maybe if you want your favorite bar. I did check today, Middlecoff, on Spotify. We are 4.9 stars with, but I think, I don't think you can actually write words in a review. You can just rate. We're four, we're four, nine. We're four, nine. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, that's I'm happy with a, it. A, you know, a plus basically, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty, are you getting to Stanford on a four, nine? Well, could you on a four, nine? Oh, four, nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought you meant out of five. Yeah. You know, you need to be four, nine out of what's four, nine out of four. Yeah, four nine. You're right. We need a five nine to get in the stamp. Four nine yeah. with, with a very good letter, and um, work charity since you're five. Uh, yeah, help the uh, homeless. Right. Overcame. Yeah. Scoliosis. Hit you know 19 home runs as a true freshman on the varsity. Like you, you need a lot of things going for you. Yeah, definitely have invented something. Been to 17 countries by the time you're six. <laughs> I've dug a lot of wells in other nations. Yeah. That was not our resume coming out of high school. It was like, you uh, know, I, uh, I like watching ESPN and I'm a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, umpires uh, coached some summer league uh, youth basketball once. Yeah. Uh, umpired Little League Davis. Uh, worked at Special Olympics once in high school. Did you? Yeah. That's impressive. I don't remember. I didn't, who have, I didn't have that on the that, resume. It was actually a very good time. Highly recommend. Don't sleep on, don't sleep on Haberman being a high character guy. So, yeah. Well, uh, but also selfish. You know, weird combination. Uh, all right, so here we go. Time to dive into the mailbag. Let's start off with this. Mahomes versus Allen. Amazing show. Love that you guys don't only talk Niners, but love that you talk a lot of Niners. You've converted me into a fan. My question is one I've been pondering for months now, and I quit. I can't quite decide who is better at quarterback, Mahomes or Josh Allen. Mahomes is great, obviously, and I thought the answer was him easy, but after last season, I'm not so sure. Josh Allen goes crazy. Who do you guys think will have a better year? I think Mahomes has the coaching advantage, but he lost Tyreek. Allen lost his OC, uh, but I'm not sure how much that will matter. I can't decide myself. Would like you to decide for me. Thanks, dudes. You're the best. Five stars. I feel you, Doug. I, I mean, I, I still think you have to give the slight edge to old Patrick. You know, it's kind of like the LeBron-Kevin Durant debate. It's like LeBron's a better player than Kevin Durant and has been the majority of his career. There might have been moments like Josh Allen might have slightly been better than him in that game. But if you remember, Patrick Mahomes was incredible in that game. And if you also remember, because I remember tweeting this out, like Mahomes is ready for the Super Bowl, half time, going almost to halftime of that Bengal game. He threw three touchdowns. It wasn't until that swing pass to Tyreek, which was a disaster, that then his that last half of football is what we remember. But Mahomes was brilliant guy the second half of the season. Because remember, he was shitty early on for his standards. And then he played the Raiders, and then he never looked back, and they just started kicking everyone's ass, and then they went into the playoffs and won that game. And even the first half of the Bengal game, he was awesome. I, I, I would say Mahomes is still better. Now, you could argue this. 
Mahomes has Kelsey and Hill, and now he just has Kelsey, so we're going to learn more about him. And and Josh is really, I mean, Diggs is a borderline star, but I, I the other guys like Beasley and Dalton Knox, I think is the tight end's name. Like he, I wouldn't say he's playing with, you know, Kittle, Jerry Rice, and DK Metcalf, right? Uh, that is true. Is it Dalton Dawson? Dawson, yeah, close. Good name. Um, I don't think it's crazy that Josh Allen could surpass Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes won now, an MVP and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean his career, he is more accomplished. But if you said, I, I guess the way I'm looking at this question is, you know, uh, you let every NFL coach take one of them. Would any of them take Josh Allen? Would some of them take Josh Allen? Would ten of them take Josh Allen? Would 12 of them take Josh Allen? Probably not. But I think a couple of them might. Um, now, you know, he's like a year younger. He's played in one less. Uh, I guess they've actually played kind of the same number of Who's a year NFL younger? seasons. Josh is 25. Uh, he'll turn. He turned 25 in May. Mahomes will turn 27 in September. So Mahomes is actually two years older. Gotcha. Josh Allen's two years younger. I love on football reference where they put in parentheses the guy's nickname. Like Josh Allen's nickname is General. Mahomes' nickname is Grim Reaper, Showtime, Magic Man, the mu- musician, Fatrick, the glun- gunslinger, or Mahome Boy. Uh, no one calls him any of those things. That's a lie, all those. I, I, I do think I, I didn't watch probably any more than 30 minutes of it. But when you watch them on the golf course together, it does feel like they're pretty similar packages as human beings which as we're seeing with Deshaun Watson and even, you know, Baker Mayfield, while not criminal or even civil, Baker's got some, like, it does matter who you are as a person at quarterback. And you would say both their characters, if you just ask around the league, are viewed as pristine, right? Yeah, yeah. As, as guys you'd want in your building, as teammates, as people that are beloved. You know, you could argue, could you go wrong? Like, if Mahomes had been with Andy, excuse me, if Allen, if Josh Allen had been drafted by the Chiefs, are we talking about Josh Allen like we do Patrick Mahomes? Now, he needed a little more work, right? Patrick just needed the year. I would say Josh needed like two, two and a half. But I, I, what you could argue, do we really need to argue this? Like, can't we just – I think what's cool is like we can just – I'm not saying obviously this is a good question. It's a fun talking point. Yeah. We do, but it's just like they're both badasses. You yeah, know, it's like I, Marino Elway. It's like those guys are both sweet. I think the fair way to really have this conversation, and to me what's interesting about this question, is saying everyone defaults to Mahomes. Is there going to be a time where people will lean, where, where popular opinion will be, actually Josh Allen's better? I think we're there. You think people lean Josh Allen now? No, no, no. I think yeah. that conversation going into this season is there. Yes. And I think part of what stands in Josh Allen's way is what you described, the accomplishments, but he – Maybe he wins an MVP this year. I mean, their numbers last year were so similar. Uh, Mahomes attempted 658 passes. Allen attempted 646 passes. So Mahomes attempted 12 more passes, uh, threw for 400 more yards, basically. He threw 37 touchdowns. Josh Allen threw 36. Mahomes, 13 picks. Josh Allen, 15. On and on and on. I think they're pretty similar. I think the question big picture there were times when Mahomes feels a little loosey goosey, right? And can he ever fully like dial in the still being the superstar that does all the amazing stuff, but just 
just dial just dial it in a little bit less loosey goosey. And maybe with Andy, that'll never happen, right? Maybe that's part of what makes Patrick Mahomes great is you don't try and dial that down. Well, you want to, I think here are the comps. I think Mahomes is the modern day Favre, and yeah. I think Josh Allen is the modern day John Elway. And I think both those two guys are I think John Elway is viewed better. So it's not a, an apples to apples. And I think comparison. Favre is viewed I mean, is Mahomes that reckless? Is he as reckless? No, as no, that's why that's why I called him the modern day. He's less reckless. Oh, the game modern day just easier. means modern day, though. I, I know, but I'm just saying like this, like this, like this modern day version. version of the NFL. Yeah. So, do you like that comp? Yeah, I do actually like that comp. Because I was thinking like in the '80s and probably even the early '90s, and Montana wasn't as gifted as like the guys we're talking about. But right. no one would say that John Elway was better than than Joe Montana. But, like, physically, Joe Montana couldn't hold John Elway's jock in terms right. of size, but, arm strength. But if right? I told you, yeah, but if I told you Brett Favre replaced Joe Montana, like, you take Joe Montana out and you pre- you put the version of Brett Favre we had into that Bill Walsh team, do they win more or less Super Bowls? I would say less. You know, I I, I mean, they got to back-to-back in his prime. He won three straight MVPs. I, I think they would have been pretty good. They would have been, but I think so much of that team was based on just here's what Bill Walsh says to do. You have to do it with precision, and that's different than Brett's mo. True, he did lose his star coach though. Pretty, I'd say far. Remember in like ninety nine, two thousand, like he only had Holmgren for like five six years, and then Holmgren bounced. That's true. Uh, C money Clay says over under. This is the next question. Thumbs up, five stars. Over under Trey Lance twenty two passing touchdowns this year. Over. I think that's pretty close to the number. Um, I think you and I have talked about this before, maybe in the range of like 26 to 27 touchdowns with maybe 13 picks. Garoppolo was 20 picks, 12 interceptions. Garoppolo's best year was 27 touchdowns and 13 picks. And Damn. even though we know they're, they are, you know, from a skill standpoint, different, like we, you and I talked about this a lot, Kyle's not going to want to just – pull the reins off completely this year with Trey Lance. He shouldn't have to. No. But the wide receivers are sweet. I, I, I'm i going to go, could be a prisoner of the moment because we were just saw them all the last week. I'm going to go 28. 28? 28 I'm, would be very, very productive, wouldn't you? Wouldn't I you would say 28 would be, and what I'd say 28 would be very successful. And how many picks, what's the most number of interceptions he could throw where you still feel good about 28 touchdowns? 13, 14. Because he's going to have a game where he throws four. Yeah, well, he's just going to throw some picks. I mean, it's just it's going to happen. I mean, last year, Derek Carr was 23 touchdowns, 14 picks. The year before, he was 27 touchdowns, nine picks. I'm going over 22. I'm going to go a little. I, I would say, though, the difference with Derek, like his high pick, because wouldn't you say that's a high pick number for his like his emergence as a really Yeah, 14 is the highest he's ever had. Their receivers, once Ruggs killed the guy, just kind of sucked. Waller got injured. He, he was forcing it to some randoms. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just in terms of football. Like, I, I'm more looking at his touchdown number. His high 32 second year than 28, 22, 19, 21, 27. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think Trey will probably be a little more aggressive down the field than Derek historically has been. Yeah. Doesn't always I'm not saying he's better touchdowns. than, I'm not trying to say he's better than Derek right now. Cause obviously, if, if Trey was equally as good as Derek, I would bet on the 49ers win the Super Bowl. I think he'll be good on the. I think he'll be good in the red zone, but they also can run the football a ton in the red zone, and he can run the ball in the red zone. So I'm I'm going to go over 22. I'm going to go 26. 
Yeah. 26 touchdowns for uh, old, old Trey Lance. Next up, John, this comes from Austin. Says longtime listener. Started listening to John probably over three years ago and then found this one by accident. Love your stuff. Look forward to listening to your both podcasts religiously. Keep up the good work. Keep making that bacon. Oh. Question. <laughs> what the, the, the thought of bacon? Yeah, it sounds good. Like you know, just sit crackling in the in the stove. You you would actually rather have bacon than the money that this guy's talking about. Yeah, for sure. Right now, uh, Josh Al- Josh Allen for MVP. I'm telling you, you get a ton of buzz right now for most valuable player. Well, I know. I, I, I he's the favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Mahomes. I mean, oh, you're Rogers saying you're saying back. you're saying he literally is the favorite. He's the favorite. Yeah, I'm looking at the odds right now. I don't like him then as much. <laughs> uh, Allen, Mahomes, then Rogers, Brady, Herbert's going to get a lot of love. What's he? MVP. He's fourth in the uh, or fifth here. What kind of odds are we talking? Like ten to one? Uh, what plus eleven hundred? Was that eleven to one? As I don't hate that. Do you? No, but that means you're going to be in a very awkward position this year. Again, I I can take my emotion out of it because it's I not like about emotion. Him. I'm just saying you you're saying you would start rooting for the Chargers if you had a Justin Herbert bet. But it, I already kind of do. Would actually I, make you hate Brandon Staley extra if they screw some stuff up. Guy, I think he became arguably my favorite player in the league last year, and I thought the coach was a clown. Like I, I'm rooting for him to dominate. Yes, he's just he's equally as fun. I mean, we just talked about the other two guys. People get mad when I do it, but I put him in that category. I well, know I think he's early. You think he's as good? You're saying? Well, I think there are I, some people that think he could. Like right now, you would take Herbert if you could pick any quarterback. I had multiple guys on teams. You know, they just evaluate the league for their team, right? It's just they they have a grade on every player that the team does. And he was top five on both these teams. Now, so were the other two guys. Yeah. You know, Rodgers was one. Mahomes, Allen were like two, three, Brady. And then it was him. Both teams had him as a top five quarterback. People freak out like, well, he won nine games. Well, yeah, his fucking coach was going forward on that 18-yard line. Yeah. Did you? I went back the other day and looked at the numbers from that Raider game. You know, the, when we were sitting, I was sitting in that hotel and we were watching it before we did the Niner Rams thing. He remember how awesome he was in that thing, the throws he made. Remember how fucking dominant he was on the road. It was not his fault they lost that game, at all. They were there because of him. I would say. Debo Samuel and Mitchell Trubisky have the same odds. I would uh, not put any money on old Mitch. Is, are we sure Mitch is going to be the starter? Who? Who? Why, why would I don't even keep Mitchell Trubisky? Why, why does Mitchell Trubisky have better odds than Devonte Adams <laughs> or Matt Ryan? What is this? What's 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 Matty Ice's odds? That's a, 8, that might be a plus eight thousand. I mean, do you hate eighty to one if he could throw like thirty six touchdowns and they were like the two seed? Uh, what I would, just, he, have, what would I, he have to do? Yeah, I mean thirty. It'd have to be touchdowns in the high 30s. Which they don't really have receivers, so probably not. That's usually what it takes. I mean, Cooper Cup. All right, next up. I consume, this is from uh, Kegbert. <laughs> Kegbert. I consume an immense amount of sports media, and H&M are pound-for-pound pound goats, in my humble opinion. As a Sacktown Niner fan, I wish they'd take it a little easier on the Kings. But I'd be lying if I said the criticism was unfair. Add this pod to your lineup and thank me later. Hashtag hardest working podcasters. Hashtag blue collar mentality. Grinders. 
I mean, the Kings, do they have the longest running non-playoff appearance streak going in American sports? It was 17 years. Uh, it's been a long time. I don't know what the number is. That sounds it's, about right. It's been a while. They've been in the lottery every year for that many years. If problems. you're a Kings fan, you're pretty hard on the Kings. I mean, I don't who why would anybody not be hard on the Kings other than I mean, they like Doug Christie or they like Bobby Jackson, like like us. Those guys survive? But Mike Mike Brown keep them our boys? Uh, better. How do you, you kick it? Well, I mean, Bobby was coaching the G League team and Doug was on the you can't get rid of Doug Christie. Be no, criminal. I'd be out on Mike Brown. In fact, I would text Mike Brown right now and tell him I'm out on him. Are you friends with him? No, but I went to text our buddy Mike Brown, the Davis High star Utah. turn Utah assistant baseball coach the other day. Yeah. I saw him a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I went to text Mike Brown, and I didn't have his number. And I realized Mike Brown, the basketball coach, had once texted me when I was doing a college basketball game because his son Elijah was playing for one of the teams. And he wrote – I don't know. He got my number probably from Raymond Ritter or something. And he texted me and said, hey, guy, this is Mike Brown, Elijah's dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, – so now I have Mike Brown NBA and Mike Brown DHS, Davis High School. I will yeah. go easier on him. Do you think it's crazy if you send him a text and see if we can get him to talk? We haven't texted since, since uh, 2017. Well, he wouldn't forget about you. But um, last text was – was, has somebody been on the uh, Oregon or something? I said, look like a tough one for the Ducks. We'll be watching Steph's return from Eugene. Happy New Year. Thanks, buddy, he said. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I wouldn't say we're boys. No. And uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. There was the breakdown. He had some. He had some. His kids were playing. All right. But reading text messages is uh, lame. Uh, Raphael says, love the pod. Love you guys' chemistry. How long have you been friends? Give us a good old Haberman and Middlecoff story. Three weeks. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're going on twenty-year high school reunion, so I mean, we're talking two thousand one. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking over twenty years. Two thousand one, probably. We, we went to Mount Shasta when senior year of high school. Uh, Thomas, I mean, who's, we're, who's, who's friends the, before that? But I'm just saying, we're talking yeah. a long time. One story I thought of when I saw this was when we went in, what year did we go to Vegas for the summer league? Draymond's rookie year. Yeah, that I mean I lived was I Fresno State? What was Draymond? That would, that would have been 2012. That was the first year I was on the West Coast. Did we I go to the summer league twice or once? Once. Once. Dame Lillard, Harrison Barnes, all those guys. Yeah, Draymond was there as a rookie. We uh I was thinking we met a guy who at the time was not a very prominent NBA media member. Now I would say he's a very prominent NBA media member. Strauss? Not Strauss. Who told us a story about, oh, a, yeah, yeah. about another very prominent then and very prominent now media member who likes hookers. That, in Ve- we were out in Vegas and we ran into this guy at a casino. I don't specifically that. remember the story, but I know exactly who you're talking about. He does... Wouldn't you say he's a unique media member? Like he's got a kind of a the current the guy who told us the who we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of got him his on own my radio show in Fresno, and I DM'd him like, "Hey, man, we're going to be at summer league. Let's meet up." And we met up, and he told us the story about a guy who loves hookers. Is there a chance he's one of those media members that also then worked in the NBA and now is back in the media? <laughs> By giving away too much? Uh, p- potentially, yes. Yeah, <laughs> not the hooker guy, the the guy who we knew. I like his name. Yeah, giving so, away. Too uh, much, that was that was that was one. I mean. I don't, I, I, God, 
countless stories. That's a good question. We have to come up with story time sometime. Uh, well, I, I did live with Guy when I worked at Fresno State. Now, this isn't exactly like, you know, uh, Grant Cohn versus Kinlaw, but <laughs> there was one radio station, and it obviously talked a lot about Fresno State football. That's a big deal in the Valley. And I wouldn't say Guy was critical, but, I mean, the dogs were probably underachieving during that period of time, <laughs> viewed around town. I think there, the expectations were higher. And I always had to skirt – obviously the people that I work with at Fresno State, the coaching staff, people knew that I lived with Guy. They were friends with Guy. People liked Guy. But the head coach who, you know, I'm 23 years old, 24, I would say intimidation, not because he didn't like me. He was a great to me, Coach Hill. I was just very, very cognizant of the fact that I had to be careful about saying that I lived – and the irony is guy worked the guy that owned the radio station was a former Fresno State football player and is close friends with Pat Hill and was always around. So it was it's not as contentious as it probably some of these situations and like, you know, like a radio host in Boston against like Belichick or something. But, you know, I then Haberman had this interaction at a Hawaii game where Coach Hill like got really mad at him and, and then everyone's like, Oh, he's gonna find out you live with him, he's gonna fire you, kind of tongue in cheek, but I always thought about it. <laughs> Again, we, we had like a 40-point lead, and then Guy said you almost blew the lead, and Kyle did not take kindly to blowing the lead. And even though you, were, you weren't in the wrong, we kind of did blow the lead. Uh, but we did win the game, and Coach Hill was always very, you know, I think it's fair to say a little insecure about the, uh, the standing of, of his football team and uh, the way that Haberman talked about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you. I didn't quite. Re- I don't think at the time I appreciated that was an awkward situation for you. But it, but it really wasn't because it didn't come up that much. But it was all. It was the elephant in the room at certain times because Coach yeah. Hill was a classic, like uh, your classic coach player. That's like I don't listen to shit, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. go into his office, it's blaring. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember when Coward came to Fresno? Like he was friends with with Colin because yeah. he listened to his show. Yeah, and they yeah. became buddies. Like yeah. Actually, Coach Hill reminds me a lot of Andy that way. Like, remember that guy that just told us they consume a lot of sports media? Like, those guys do too. Like, you go into there, right. you know, it's like first take would be on, coward be on, the right. NCAA tournament be on. They, they watch baseball. Like, well, they that's just the irony. Sports is, fans. That's the irony is uh, when you're like, when you watch first take or, you know, one of those like shows that you're like, these takes are too extreme. I can't watch this. I'm going to go listen to a podcast, something. Those are the guys that watch that because they just have a TV. They turn on ESPN. They're old. Like they are the they are the people that grew up just watching. They just turn on ESPN and whatever ESPN gives them is what they watch, right? So you watch into a coach's office in 2008. They're just around the horn and PTI. That's what would be on. But but so but honestly, they're the ones that watch that stuff. But the thing is, like, if you were just with a football coach who's into that stuff, like they would walk by and they'd be like, "What's this deal with LeBron James?" Like they have takes too. You know, it's like 100. <laughs> percent They talk like normal people talk. Uh, a Perdermo says, love the pod. My favorite bar is Petco Park. Every game and event is beautiful. The weather and ambiance, plus a quick Uber ride for most residents. Question, when is Guy starting his solo pod three and out style? This podcast is becoming a little too Niner-centric for some of us non-Niner fans. I used to skip 98% of the show, but now I just hate listen. I can't wait to hear the takes mid-season when they're three and nine. Is this a uh, Raider fan? Uh, I don't know. We we have no evidence. You can well, draw whatever conclusions you want to draw, but I, it's just a good time to announce that yes. I am starting 
Raider Nation guy, a podcast <laughs> just about the Raiders. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm very excited. We're going to launch that thing. Um, and I, you know, who's your first guest? Uh, JT, the toolman? Yeah. J, J, uh, Musburger's going to join us to talk about his three years as the voice of the Raiders. Just did Musburger, uh, you and I have talked about this personally, but was he relieved of his duties? Did he retire? What's, what's, what are you hearing out there on the streets, guys? Uh, you know, I've heard something on the streets, John, from very good sources. Um, and I have not been told explicitly. Well, actually, two different people have. Somebody had a theory. They gave somebody in the league gave me a theory. Someone's in the broadcasting world. Somebody else who uh, is very close to the situation as well. Uh, I think the, the the feeling is that he did not choose to walk away. So, are you telling me within the last three football seasons that Greg Papa and Brent Musburger? <laughs> who I would say historically when it comes to athletics would go down probably top two or three all-time voice and Greg Papa locally is one of, you know, an all-time local legend have been relieved of their duties. Again, Greg Papa and Brent Musburger have been fired by the, uh, by the Raiders. Again, I can't confirm that's what happened with Brent, but that's the way based on the information I've received that it feels it'd be interesting to see in your time of, of, of being in the industry, Haberman, and following this stuff, how many in obviously networks change people and guys move around? How many individual teams have you ever seen get rid of two talented people at that level in such a short period of time in your it's career? Not common, I would say it's not common. Yeah, it's not common. Now, the one thing is Brent is Brent's old, almost in his mid, he's in his mid 80s, basically. Yeah, because uh, ABC got rid of him, you know, what five, yeah, six years ago. Yeah, right? they replaced him with Fowler and um. But he's still Musburger, right? But he's still Musburger. And you could argue, like, if you're taking a job at 81, you'd still want it at 84, right? I thought, now, he, owned, I mean, I thought he owns the thing in Vegas. Vison? Yeah, I think he's a part owner. Maybe so, they sold yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think it's his thing. Somebody, again, around broadcasting in the NFL told me, they actually said to me, like, was it because of what he said about Gruden? And I was like, I, I didn't even know he said something about Gruden. But this guy thought that he'd said something about Gruden that could have got him in. Positively or negatively? No, ne- well, I... Yeah, good question. I don't know. More the Gruden situation. but why, why is that the team, guy, where you're always just kind of walking on eggshells with what you say, yet they claim to be like this renegade organization? Like, what are you? Are you are you freaking out all isn't the time, that, or are you the renegades? Isn't that usually the case? If you are self, if you call yourself a renegade, you're probably not a renegade. If, you know, if you're the person who always says, like, I just tell it like it is. I'm an honest man. That maybe I should be a little suspicious of the things you tell me. Yeah, right? I, I, got, the, I got that renegade uh, motto as red flag moving forward. Uh, next up from Niner Ryan. Love you guys mainly for the Niners talk, but I appreciate the wider discussion of sports as well. I live in LA. I root for the Dodgers. I know it's a strange combination, the Niners and the Dodgers. I was wondering if you guys could provide me some suggestions of other podcasts or sports personalities that you enjoy for other California teams like the Dodgers, the Giants, the A's, etc. I haven't found anything similar to y'all for the Dodgers. Would appreciate it. So is this guy want an A's podcast or no? Well, that, that's actually another announcement that we have probably have coming in two weeks. The guy is coming out with A's Daily, and it's actually going to be a pre- and post-game show. He'll do a 30-minute breakdown of the lineup and the, the that day starting pitcher, and then post-game will break down all the action. He will. I think we're going to start that, what, uh, June 20th? So just in, yeah. you know, 11 days. The big tease is you're going to join me on all the A's post-games. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, maybe um, 
maybe Petros and Money have you know their daily podcast. They probably talk some Dodgers. I don't know what a I don't I don't listen to Dodgers podcast necessarily. I don't really listen to team specific podcast at all. Um, so I can't say uh, Warriors, Warriors plus minus the only one I listen. Yeah, to. Warriors plus minus or all eighty two or whichever plus minus. I think um, they've kind of merged. I did catch them Thursday morning after you know game two, game three. I guess was it's a nine p.m. tip off. So I think they recorded the show like Thursday morning after the Wednesday game, and uh, s- sounded like our boy Slater could have used a second cup of coffee before they fired that thing up. But <laughs> uh, well, it's I a good show. For like five minutes when I showered, it sounded like Marcus was like in another building. He was in another room. What was going on? <laughs> okay, I thought it was just me. Yeah, well, I was like, what is going on? That that show. I don't blame was, them. Uh, they got a lot of moving parts. Uh, that's. I, I think that shows great content on a baseball specific. I heard, I remember when Carabas used to work at Barstool and then I think DraftKings gave him a ton of money to come. And I think he brought his, he does stuff for them. Him and Dave used to argue. I think it's very, very difficult. Uh, and I, you would say that like Carabas is probably a pretty unique young guy, all in on baseball, like you or me, or people are in football or the NBA, his passion and his love. Like I, I, I feel it, you know. I'm just, I I like following him because I think he really loves baseball. And Dave, like, he could only get so big. Like the, the audience for baseball, it, it sucks for them. But it's I think it's very very difficult. Like I think it's easy. Not let me rephrase this. If you're good and, and you know what you're doing, you can develop a pretty big following with basketball and football. C- college too, like the SEC, obviously the NFL and the NBA. The NBA and college football, college even college basketball, I would say for you know probably 10, 12 brands. I, I do think it's very, very difficult for baseball. And maybe the Yankees would be the one that and even John Boy, wouldn't you say, has kind of expanded. They talk a little bit of cricket. everything. They do cricket. He does cricket. Uh, I'll give you two other podcasts. I I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm gonna leave somebody out. The Audible, if you like college football. I think it's a vi- with uh, Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel. It's very good. I always, I, especially during football season, I always like Jeff Schwartz's podcast. Um, I got a lot of. Po- it's hard for me to sift through podcasts, but um, does the Audible go year round? Uh, I mean, they just had their last one was June one, so I need a little college off, football. It's off season, something, stuff. something. Yeah. Uh, next up, mailbag from Talaris. Easy five stars. One of the few buddy pods that doesn't reek of suppressed sexual tension. Whoa. What kind of pods do you listen to? I didn't know buddy pods was a subcategory of pods. I didn't either. Uh, I knew there were buddy products, like every product that gets sold. It's like meat and John. Meet John and Guy. They identified a problem in podcasting, and they decided to change the landscape. That's every product. This is a good one. You know, meet James and his dad, Williams. James, at 30 years old, had erection problems. Luckily, his dad was a doctor, and they developed get. Well, there's only one ad. That's the real thing. (laughs) I'm John and Guy. We realized that watches were expensive. We've read those ads before. There's a million of them. We've been shaving for years, and it it was too expensive. So here's a new razor cut. How are they all two people? Just two dudes. Every problem is two dudes. So congratulations to all the two dudes out there. Yeah. Uh, question. Says this, uh, says Tolaris. Who is the most handsome quarterback head coach duo in the NFL? Starters only. Sorry, Jimmy. My pick would be Green Bay. Talk about suppressed sexual tension. Seattle 
or sneaky titans, maybe sleeper stealers. P.S. Need some merch. Well, glad you mentioned that because we're working on this, merch. This this is right up my alley. I love great, topics like this. Topic. You know, I I would say McVeigh and Lafleur are pretty good looking dudes. Lafleur probably, you know, McVeigh for some might be a little, you know, kind of buffed up. Lafleur's a little more, maybe a little taller, a little slimmer, a little just good looking dude. Rogers, honestly has really aged. I mean, he's he's 37 guy. He looks like he's 48. Like, you just put him and Tom next to each other. Tom looks younger than Aaron Rodgers. I would give LaFleur... I actually got a sleeper one for you. The Titans. Vrabel. I think a lot of women find he Vrabel put it attractive. in the theory. He said sneaky Titans. Oh, I, I'd put the Titans. Tannehill's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Because because I would say Stafford, you know... I'd say Kyle looks good, and Jimmy obviously is... Very good looking, but Jimmy's no longer the 49ers quarterback, right? And Trey, as a bald man, <laughs> holding on for dear life there, guy. Rasheed Wallace? That's why I've been saving that name for our next Shave It or Save It. When's our next Shave It or Save It, huh? Who's going to submit something for Shave It or Save It? Well, a lot of people, guy, when old Frank retired, threw us uh, the guy named Jed, goes by oh, Jed York. When Frank Gore retired. Yeah. Did you, did you happen to see that picture? I did happen to see that picture because a lot of people DM'd it to me too um what do you think about jed's hairline there yeah it's tough i think he's in a tough i don't know if bicked bald is going to be his best look well why not just go really short then yeah i think that might be a that might be a good option as just listen i'm not i don't know the guy personally but as just a uh, someone who evaluates bald people i don't think he can do what he's doing much longer can you do you agree well, I mean, there's a, a a level of wealth where where you can do whatever you want and nobody says a word. LeBron, yeah, Kevin, uh, I, yep. I mean, those guys play in a league where bald's cool. Just shave your head. What I, are we doing? I know. Uh, you know, if you don't want to be bald, you don't want to be bald. Uh, I got one for you. Just looking through the league here. So you're going okay. with the Titans. I, I know a woman. A if I if I was a woman, I'd want Vrabel. So I, I I know a woman well who uh, her husband's a college football coach. I know both of them. They're wonderful people. And um, he played at AM. They both went to AM. And I remember when Tannehill was coming out, her and her friends, their nickname for Tannehill was uh, uh, what was the movie? The famous movie. It was like a book that became a movie with the guy, Christian no book. Gray. Gray. Uh, oh, Gray's, uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Not Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah, with the Christian H&M. Gray. A lot of yeah, H&M. I know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Not the notebook. The opposite of the notebook, right? I, yeah, Christian Grey. Uh, Fifty Shades. Their nickname yeah. for Tannehill was Fifty Shades. <laughs> so you going to go uh, with them too? No, I got a sleeper one. I don't know if it's a sleeper, but I'm just looking through the league here. How about the Jets? Sala and Zach Wilson. Sala is a very good-looking guy. Zach Wilson's beautiful. I think people would probably say <laughs> very good looking. Um, there, there may be a girl walking around in the background here that has a massive crush on Robert Sala. So I, I think Robert Sala is viewed as a very, very good wow. looking guy. I think a, th- a thing for baldies. I, I think what I think he's just, he is a good looking bald guy, right? You and I yeah. have been close. Like he, he pulls it off. Well, now I think the key to him as someone that, you know, didn't wear a hat last week at 49 is the, is his skin tone. is just remarkable, right? It's perfect. Right. It's always the, I, I, I honestly, I think it's kind of crazy that he never, I, every practice we'd ever been, he never wore a hat. Is that like his sleeper hack? I don't know how, how, we, who, um, risky as a football coach, right? That's a I lot got, of fun. 
Yeah. You know who's very good looking is Jalen Hurts. Um, he actually is. He's a good looking dude. But does his, is his coach up to par for this list? Sirianni just feels actually just like a normal guy. He's not bad looking. I mean, we're, you know, we're, but I don't know if we would say he's classically. I actually think you might have hit it. I think the Jets are an underrated. Arians back when he was the coach and Tom. Todd's, you know, Todd's not the greatest. I actually checked Todd. I mean, that, you know, it's um, not bad looking. They're not at the bottom of it. Yeah, they're, they're, um, okay. Yeah, would, that's the, very would, good would McCarthy make the Cowboys? I did think about going Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about going Dallas. Yep. Uh, you beat me to that one. Yeah. Um, Chiefs. Kirk Cousins doesn't really with O'Connell. No, no. no. O'Connell's yeah. a good looking guy. I actually know yeah. a girl that in college at San Diego State that used to they used to hang out. I mean, date. I would say they were they dated in college when he was the quarterback. And he was viewed. I think a lot like Tannehill, like on a, in a good-looking campus, San Diego State, as like one of the best-looking humans on the campus, right? Quarterback, oh. tall. Think about Belichick. I drafted Kevin O'Connell, drafted Cliff Kingsbury. Sneaky Brady like has a thing for good-looking, tall quarterbacks for being a short curmudgeon. By the way, think about Belichick. Good point. <laughs> he did pull Cooper Linda. <laughs> uh, next up, John, here's a YouTube question. This was in response to our uh, to a Trey Lance video we did last week, and uh, it's not really a question, but something we can uh, dive into. It says uh, this is from Ains. They got a two to three year window here with players in their prime. All they got to do is give the Niners two to three explosive plays a game and avoid a sack or two, and this team's going to be hard to beat. And then Marcellus replies and says, "Nah, it's more like a four to five year window. All the great players are in their mid twenties, except Trent Williams and George Kittle." So the question that I pulled out of this for us is, like, what is a what is a window? And I think in the NFL, windows are like three, two or three years, and then you got to open a new window. Well, do you view the, do the Chiefs' window? Are they transitioning to a new window? New window. They're in a new window. Yeah. Now Mahomes. Now your if your quarterback's great, then you can keep opening all these windows. But Bills' you window. Know, the Patriots were multiple windows. With are the, Brady. they were? I would say they were three different windows. Are, would you say the Bucks same window as they've been the last couple of years, or new window, new coach? Uh, feels like the same window. I would say new. Co- I mean, new coach changes things, but it feels like it's the same. Would you say Rams window changed when Stafford showed up? Uh, that was definitely a new window. Yeah. So would the Niners be starting a new window this year if Trey Lance is starting quarterback? They are, but I think it's still you're still okay. Is Debo is Debo three more years of great football or five more years of great football? He what is twenty five years old, not thirty, right? Uh, yeah, I understand, but it's just you are going to need – is Ayuk just – if if okay, look, if he's five years and Ayuk is just coming to his own and, you know, you've nailed a few of these offensive linemen develop. Um, defensively, Bosa's got several good years. You've just drafted – you. it's not inconceivable that they're starting a new, like, four-year window. That's okay. But, I mean, we're talking about some of the same players that took them to the NFC Championship game last year, right? Three years ago, right? Kittle, and, Warner. And, yeah, so I mean, it's like, so are you saying this is like an eight? Yeah, McGlinchey? It's like an eight-year window? <laughs> like that, those usually don't exist. Now, I would say like McCordy and Edelman were on multiple windows, right? Gronk. Yeah, that's true. So it's, you're going to have some players that transcend it. I, I would say, honestly, feel good about this squad, the squad that you and I have had seen at practice. That includes Trent, too. Like, minimum these next 34 games. It's like, time is now. And uh, next, Justin, 
This was about a video we did about um, uh, Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk. With this kind of depth, it looks like there won't be any playing time for Danny Gray. It looks bleak at the moment. And then six replied and said, speed always finds a way to get onto the field. So with mandatory OTAs done, how much of an impact does it feel like Danny Gray's going to be? I actually am inclined. I mean, the guy missed some practice time with a hammy. Um, he's not one of their top three receivers right now. Really, he's not one of their top four if you had Kittle. Once Debo finds. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it's a work in progress. I, I, I wouldn't feel good about saying anything in concrete with him. Now, he, you have to make the team. Like, they can't cut him and put him on practice squad, right? He would get immediately claimed. So, I would say, as the information that we have right now, he is down on game day, right? He makes a team and is in, is in the sweats on the sideline. Yeah. Now The information they, we have right now, which can they, change. They, they have not been a team that's had great uh, receiver, like, consistent health, right? Ayuk has been in and out over the course of his young career. Although it was, I think, a little better last year. We'd have to check. I don't think he missed a game, did he? Yeah, so maybe that's maybe that's an old take. That's I a mean, Ju- old take on Ayuk. Juwan hasn't really had to play like he will yeah. now. And I, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world, right? It's one thing if you can't get on the field because you're not good enough. I don't think anyone expected coming into this year that Danny Gray was better than any of the guys we just mentioned, right? Yeah. No one When they drafted him where they drafted him, Juwan Jennings was already ahead of him. So was Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. Um Dwelly. So it's going to be very specific. Dwelly, it's going to be different role. Going to be very specific, the usage for him. And, you know, it's going to be on Kyle Shanahan to dial up opportunities for him. And, true, and Trey Lance to hit him. Yeah, true that. All right. we uh, Reactions to weekend one of Live Golf, John? There is no way around it. I know you, on Thursday morning, when it went, it was hard, right? Because it went viral. You're like, well, where do I find it? Well, you fucking type it into YouTube. I didn't, well, I didn't say it. where I found it. I went right to YouTube. Bang, you know, right but I just mean, it's. it was pretty, you type it in, boom, came right up. I just, sometimes on the weekend, if I'm laying in bed at like 6 a.m., I can't sleep on Saturday or Sunday morning. If you notice on Golf Channel, the European tour is often on really, really early. I've, it's pretty clear right there in London, they they got those guys to do this event. It looked it looked completely normal. Uh, I mean, there were some additions that I know that you were tweeting about last week about the, you know, the scoreboard looked like F1. But in terms of just the presentation, I thought it looked pretty good, didn't well, you? Well, key is you get some European voices to do the thing, so it sounds like golf, right? Um, yeah. You I agree, though, with the cameras on the shots? I mean, they had shot link. pretty good. I mean, it looked... I don't know if it felt quite as big, but having the shot tracker shot link was good. I'm not comparing it to like a major or whatever, but just in terms of a regular PJ Tour event, it was much closer than anyone wanted to probably that was yes. anti them. It it, it it was a win for them, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that's the short way to put it. It was a win. I liked that they had this, the leaderboard up the whole time because how many times do I watch golf and I'm going, I got to go on my phone to find out who's in seventh, like where somebody is, what the leaderboard is. So I liked it. I I don't. You like that F one thing? How they like jump when a guy goes? Yeah, or? it's I it's um I didn't quite understand everything that was happening, but it was the first time I watched it. You know, so I I'm not blaming them necessarily for me not understanding everything. One thing that confused me was at the top it would say like ten holes sure. left, and then it would say eleven holes left. And I'm like, wait, why did it just change? But then I realized it was because they were jumping from player to player, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because some people right? are probably a little fat. Well, they all yeah. start at the same time, right? Shotgun start. Um. So 
the abbreviations on some of the names, some of these guys I had never heard of. So I hope they enjoy their time because they're getting replaced soon. Right. Yeah. You and I, we were texting about that. We both had. The same I, I did. Day, see, like, I did see a lot of Phil and a lot of DJ and a lot of like Graham McDowell and Sergio. Which like is, they, they were riding the hits. Yeah, which is fine as long as those guys are playing well. Phil but, looked pretty good today. What I, I watched on Thursday, he's had I like thought, seven months off. <laughs> How great was his tan? How about Phil? Like, did he swap out vests from like a blacked out Augusta National vest, and then he took it off? What was that about? Oh, he, he did he take off which vests. He switched to a different vest. Well, was there a chance they got a call that they're like, you cannot wear that right now? Why can't he? Who says he can't wear that? Well, if you're Augusta, like you want to, you just you're still feeling it out. Oh, like just like, Phil. hey, Phil, do us a solid, and <laughs> Phil respects Augusta enough to take it off. The number one thing I saw this morning when it when they first teed off was like, is Phil wearing an Augusta National logo on the vest? Yeah, I mean that shocked a lot of people. Yeah, and was that like an fu at Augusta? Like you told me I wasn't allowed to come, or was it like I'm a champion? I don't know. I there's a lot going on, guy. I saw. Did I see Riggs tweet that uh, the PGA released its um, press conference schedule for next week, and Phil is the first person up on Monday. What do you think about their move of suspend every single human alive indefinitely? It feels to me like the NCAA uh, going to court, the the famous Alston case that ultimately the NCAA wanted to prevent all NIL. They go to court and it just blows up their whole business where I think it's a bad move. I think you got to recognize something's changing here. The more you resist, the more power you give live. Your, your hope actually for them to somehow peter out is to let guys play your events too and just hope that they run out of money or something, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. How but are they going to run out of money? Well, I don't know. But the point is just or that it's just not worth their time. Well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it would fail, but things fail all the time that start out with a bang. So I don't think – I think the point is restricting – it's like a fire. Restrict, trying to restrict their oxygen only helps the fire burn faster, and I think it's a mistake. I, I sometimes listen to this uh, podcast. It's about golf betting. It's called the Tour Junkies. Oh, and yeah. uh, they had on Danny Woodhead. They're friends with Danny. So they had him on just to talk about Liv. And one thing, one of the guys that hosts it told Danny is he was at like the Byron Nelson earlier this year. And he was like, I'm on the range. I started bullshitting with a veteran player. And we started talking about it. And, and Norman had pitched this guy. And this guy told him in the pitch, we have $100 million earmarked. To f- just for court. We, we are ready for all you guys. Because Phil, DJ resigned. Kevin Na resigned. Phil and his, did not resign. He said, I've worked my entire life to be a lifetime member. I'm not resigning from the tour. So Norman told all the... He, Norman didn't want these guys to resign. He's, he's basically saying, the Saudis gave me $100 million just to start with. Why would you resign? What's the case to resign? Because you then... If you if you don't resign and they suspend you indefinitely, there were some questions about your pension, about your ability to get in the majors. I think I, I read something that Kevin just got Na, paid 150 mil, but I'm worried about my pension. Yeah, but even a Kevin Na, they got like you know 30 million dollars. It's like I don't want to go to court. Like you just don't want to mm-hmm. deal with it. You're just kind of. I think a lot of the older Euros did it. Phil on principles, like I spent 25 years helping build this brand under no circumstances. If you play 15 years on the PGA Tour and have 20 wins, you're exempt for life. Phil can get in any tournament for life. So Phil's like, I'm not giving up. Same with DJ. DJ, though, I don't think wanted to fight. But ultimately, they'll fight for him, right? Because Phil's going to sue. Yeah. I don't. I, I would be shocked if the PGA beats these guys in court. And I don't think it's in their best. It's not in their best interest to prov- – I just 
I think they're in a really bad spot right now. Well, it, to me, it's not even about the Saudis or Liv or any. How do they, if you and I think, I think media falls under this category, you know, for a guy that does play by play. And, you know, when you had radio shows, you did the Kings, like the great part about being in the media, you can do a lot of different things because for the most part, I guess sometimes like you, you're a full-time guy with the radio station, but they always let you do the other things. The PGA tour is so adamantly against like, you have to only do one thing. It's not going to hold up in court. They're going to lose. Like they're not going to win. And I think Norman knows it and they have the financial backing to fight it. Like my takeaway, honestly, Thursday morning, watching that thing. I think the PGA tour is fucked because I think a lot of guys that didn't make the initial jump, with DJ and Phil, which I, I give credits the wrong word because they might have got a combined, you know, $350 million. But it did take balls for two rich guys that didn't need to do this for being pioneers to do this. Once you saw the visual of YouTube and think about it, half the PGA Tour didn't go to Canada, right? So w- what a percentage of players, you know, top 200 players on the PGA Tour clicked on some live today on YouTube? 100%. Don't you imagine when they they know about the money because a lot of them have been offered money, but when they saw the presentation, they realized like this is this is not this doesn't feel rinky dink. Well, you the logos that, the logos are bad, but the re, but yeah the presentation but, but, was but the, the presentation of the golf right. And I, I saw one shot DJ teed off. It looked like ten thousand people were lined up. Now again, really? it's Europe. Maybe ten thousand might be strong. Maybe a couple. There, there were a lot of I thought there were a lot of people there. Again, he was it was DJ and Phil teeing off hole one. Yeah. I think like anything, the real test comes over time. Like one quite like it, I, I think a lot of it went well. Like I'm with you. I would be terrified if I were the PGA, and I don't think fighting this is the right move if they're gonna save their business. Fight, and when you say but, fighting, you almost you're you're like underselling what they're doing. Like they're they're waging war. Yeah, and I just don't see now there are gonna be these some of these lower level guys, I think ultimately that are participating in live are gonna get kind of pushed out because more people are gonna see that which there is, is there are going to be no repercussions, uh, which is good for live. Yeah. The, the weekly draft, th- that whole thing. I don't know. Like if we, if live is successful and we revisit what live looks like in five years, are they still doing team golf and the draft and these weird team names? I don't know. Maybe, but it, but it, but it isn't part of a startup. Like when you and I started this, we just threw a lot of different pitches. We tried a lot of different. Yes. hundred percent. And that's what I'm time. saying. I'm just trying to differentiate like what worked, if we evaluate week one, what didn't, I thought the weird, the team names to me could work if you don't ever change the teams, if you're not redrafting them every week. But if you're changing, if you're changing the team names all the time, nobody knows who the chasers are, who the chuggers are, you know, who the Mac daddies are. And that's like, if I got to relearn that every weekend, it's not working for me. Right? Well, you, you had a good idea. And I saw you on Twitter say that like the problem with going team Phil or team DJ, which is very easy. Team Sergio is that eventually you can't sell hats and stuff. It's just, it's much easier with like high flyer and the, the logo of it. If it becomes the 49ers, the Lakers, whatever. Right. 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 But are these names changing every week or it's the, the same captain with the same name? He just drafts a new team. Well, the captain's like, are they giving Bryson $150 million and not be a captain? Right. He doesn't have a team yet. He's, I would think he's a captain when he moves over. Patrick Reed going right. to be a captain. I saw right. that. What Bubba is Watson, Bryson's team name going to be? When, what's he going to make up? The meatheads. <laughs> Proteins. I don't know. The algorithms. But you have to like, I, I listen, he, I guess it would have happened midweek last week that it, it was announced. Maybe it was 
it would have been Wednesday. Like Adam Schefter was tweeting about. I would say Bryson was the first. I mean, DJ was a big deal. I think Bryson was an earthquake for the PGA Tour. Do you agree with that? Like that losing him. Now that he's been rumored, but he denied it. He I mean, said, I'm, even I'm though in. he's been, even though he's been a non-participant here for a while, it feels like he's in his prime. Even is is Dustin Johnson in his prime? No, he's he's older than us. Yeah, like that's like Bryson needs to win majors yeah, for his like, you know golf yeah. legacy. Like the PJ is counting on let you caring about legacy and caring about the tournaments. Again, I think this live thing is working. If another thought I had watching, what are what are things that could keep it from working? Like, will the golf be as competitive? Will the player – the money is ridiculous, right? Like, I think first place wins individual $4, four million, four. and then the winning team splits $5 million. And how many guys are on a team? Three? Four. Four. F1 would argue, like, hey, the team thing works. Like, their graphic looked very much like F1. They just name their teams after their sponsorships. So maybe they get big enough where – the sponsors do come team, flooding in. Team, team McDonald's, team, team Titleist, Coors. and that's just yeah. And then and so maybe like I could see the team names become maybe ultimately that's what they want, and that would be cool. I mean, if you had told me before F one was a thing, like everyone's just going to be buying T shirts that just say uh, Ferrari, I mean, yeah. For, which I mean, that's hard. Ferrari's like a McLaren, brand. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, but somebody like Red Bull. I'm just wearing a Red Bull hat. Like what? Why are you wearing a Red Bull hat? But I mean, because it, you know, and I think that's a very valuable thing to to brands like i'm a like my brand is now a team holy shit because red f1's the same deal right they got a couple a couple it seems like they copied f1 in a few ways and it's foreign to the way the american sports mind is but it is it works i i don't see how that if you peeked at it even if you just spent five minutes and and once you know like how much cash they have and you don't say to yourself this has a legit chance. Yeah. You, so you you and I always push back against the AAF, against the USFL, against the Tokyo League. Like, this is not – you watch this. Now, granted, again, Phil Mickelson is, what would you say, top five famous golfer of all time. Like, it's it's a big deal yeah. getting him. Yeah. But you just watch the presentation. You know more guys are coming. And your my first reaction was like, this has got a real chance. This is real, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. This is real. Yeah. And, and you tweeted this, and you're right. You might have said this already here. YouTube is fine. YouTube works. YouTube's good. YouTube's a good place to put your content, you know? So they don't necessarily need to be on NBC. Um, that's part of being a renegade. It's like you are doing it a different way. But also and once they get big enough, won't those people want them? Well, 100%. Yes. But to them, it's going to be like, so, and, and ultimately you don't pay them to take it. Like you, you know, they pay you to come. So, but but if they have to give any power up, they're not going to want to do it at this point. It's not about making money. Now, YouTube, they might have to have a conversation with YouTube. Like YouTube, we're going to need you to be taking a smaller cut of these of this ad rev. Well, if you if you had to guess, how many networks have tried to woo Pat McAfee over the last year? All of them, or a decent percentage of them? Yeah, I mean, I it, I don't even see it, it'd be pretty. Yes, it'd be pretty hard for the conversation to go very far because it'd be like, wait, it's going to cost us what? It's not. We're, it doesn't pencil for them to pay him thirty million dollars to come. To ESPN, right? But what's his answer? I would imagine always too. Like, no, I'm not interested. Like, I don't need you. Right. You don't matter to me. Because guess what? On YouTube, you know who calls you to tell you, ah, we didn't like what you said today. Nobody. Not a soul. <laughs> you know, if you if now you, you do, if you have big man, advertisers, I guess those people could complain about. You know, once you get big enough, there's always going to be right. Like an advertiser could be offended by something you said, and then they true. call you. But it's not your boss. It's just, okay, then you decide. Am I willing to say this for this advertiser? 
what I was going to say, though, the one thing I wonder about, right, is every sport really benefits from the fans being able to see the pressure that the competitor feels, right? So knowing, and you put enough money on the table, a $4 million putt's a big deal. But what if second place just pays like three and a half? You know, I, well, I it does. It that's does. what I'm saying. So that's less pressure. Like the one thing the PGA has is it's pretty well established to everybody where the pressure is, like which events have pressure, how much pressure the players feel to win those particular events. Is everyone getting paid so much for every event in live that there's really no pressure on anyone? That'd be my, that's one question I have. So your point is like when Mito pumped in the water, anyone watching knew what was on the line when he did that. Yes. And, and he felt pressure. Do any of the players feel pressure in these live events or is everybody so rich for that weekend? That's like, whatever, you know, that's their chance by event two. Like Dustin's nobody, board. the masters, the money never comes up. No, it doesn't. Either. It's not about the money. What'd you say about Dustin? Is he bored already? By event well, that, one? That's one thing I wonder, like, are you getting their best? Are like, that is one thing that could stand in their way. But I, I do think very one thing. When you're when you're a high level guy and you've been competing at the level that those guys compete, I would say this works for any industry. You ultimately embarrass yourself if you don't try. Like when I watched just Phil this weekend, just I, I would imagine he's been tr- getting ready for that. Like he wants to do well. Like you don't want to, you know. Like we we were supposed to we were supposed to play golf last week and we had to move it this week because of you know Kyle Shanahan moved some shit on us. You end up right thinking about playing you just like i'm gonna hit balls i'm gonna do something i don't want to just show up and not play it's just it's human nature so yeah yeah and the other thing is i would say the bottom half of the field think how much money that means to them like not everyone got a hundred million some of these guys got like the younger guys got two like you're gonna get there they're gonna give you everything they got and you're thinking think what taylor gooch is thinking and he's all at one well one thing he's thinking is like this better work because in their world it's like Maybe the PGA, if this thing fails, then what do I do? I don't want this to fail because I don't want to have to go back to the PGA and beg them for my tour card. Well, if the PGA Tour does win, it's basically the equivalent of like, if you leave right now, this is over. And you walk out the door, but then like three weeks later, you come back and be like, I didn't mean it. Right. And they're like, fuck you. Yeah. Which, which I don't think anyone... I've seen a lot of like lawyers get retweeted and stuff. No one thinks the PJ Tour has a chance to win. So did he? Did he just throw, take his huge swing, just hoping like that would rattle a group with unlimited money? That's what I don't understand. People. Let me ask you this: If nobody else left, if only the guys that have left and have said they'd be, they'd right, be, they'd be fine, they'd be okay. So he's trying to scare everybody else into not going. Because I, I think it'd be bad for Liv if they only ended up like they need. I do think they need more. Got more. They need Joaquin Neiman and. Yeah. Like they need more of those types of guys because those types of guys, you don't they don't have to be DJ like you need a lot of the you need the Morikawas the Neiman that's who you need when one of those happen like I would say American like a true like Colin Morikawa is going to live right or something like that people would be like it, it'd feel like the PGA Tour was done wouldn't it because that guy would truly I mean Gooch is the cl- cl- closest he's thirty. Like John Rom, and I know all Gucci, these guys. Morikawa's won a major, yeah, two, two, yeah. Which I'll be honest, guy. My other takeaway was like it felt feels inevitable that that's going to happen if they don't crater. Which I don't feel see them cratering. Yeah, but you know, so did the USFL thought that once upon a time in the eighties with Steve Young and Reggie White, and then they crater. But it's completely different, right? Because they just have the money. 
I think they can coexist, but why does no one ever start a random baseball league? There's an independent baseball league, I guess, when you think about it. They're unaffiliated teams, but what would you say their average attendance is? Uh, yep. Probably not great, but I bet they I bet some of those teams do okay because they're just small markets, local baseball team, cheap tickets. The True. Savannah Bananas, you know that team that does all the weird shit? Like if a fan catches a pop-up, that's oh, an yeah. independent league. Like you couldn't get away with that in single-A baseball. No. But you can do whatever you want in the independent league. Uh, it's a good question. Grizzlies? The Fresno Grizzlies? Yeah. They were single-A team now. Seriously? Pretty sure they're single-A. Yeah. Giants leave your business goes to shit. They got hosed. <laughs> they got hosed. Yep. They got screwed. All right. On that note, everybody. Good talk. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.